Hello and welcome back to Associated, the podcast making venture capital more accessible. I'm Lois and today I have the pleasure of co-hosting with the lovely Julia. How are you doing, Julia? Hey, I'm doing great, Lois. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I hear you're back in Europe. Yep, I just got back yesterday. Today's day one back in Spain. Um, It was a little nerve wracking, especially with hearing about the news and cases with COVID. But it was actually really exciting to see that people are in the street, things are open. So it's actually really nice to be back. Yeah. You're in Madrid, aren't you? What's the lockdown restrictions like? So I think everything is open, meaning restaurants, bars, cafes, theaters, uh, museums, parks, all of those things, businesses are open, but everything closes at 10. So I haven't experienced that yet. Mm. And I think technically uh, most places have 50% capacity. So yeah, so that's fine. And how about you? You're in London. How is everything over there? Yeah, London feels okay. We just went into, we've got a three-tiered system in the UK now. (laughs) We've just gone into tier two of lockdown, which although the tiered system was supposed to make things abundantly clear, I think, unfortunately, characteristically, it's a bit opaque. So uh, at the moment, I think you can't socialise with people outside of your house inside. So you can go to the park and I think you can sit outside in restaurants with other folks. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) although we could spend an hour talking about that, I think we should probably introduce our guest. So let's kick it off. Uh, We've got a stellar guest today. We've got Jessica Lee joining us, who at the moment is a growth marketing specialist at Geno, uh, which is a kind of life sciences startup. But I let Jessica explain explain a bit more about that. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here. No, it's great. We're really excited to have you on. We were just saying before we hit record about kind of seeing you all over the place. You've done lots of cool stuff. I don't want to I don't want to do you a disservice. So I think it would be cool if you could kind of introduce yourself and maybe some of the things that you've been up to in the last couple of months. Yeah, totally. So I recently started in a growth marketing role, as you mentioned, at Zagino, which is sort of like an Amazon for the life sciences. So it's a place for researchers, lab managers, finance people in biotech startups, procurement people and big pharma startups or companies rather to more easily, more seamlessly and more frictionlessly procure their lab equipment materials and supplies. We also have a suite of supporting tools targeted at the accounting and finance and procurement people to be more organized around the procurement process for their startup or their lab or university, et cetera. And then before this, I was in venture capital working at a seed stage fund based in San Francisco called Soma Capital. It's a five-year-old fund. I joined uh, back when it was four years old as the first full-time hire. So did everything from standard sourcing and diligence all the way to portfolio support, investor relations, as well as we raised our third fund, um, and then general content and community, as well as managing and developing our co-investor relationships. And then this whole time have been part-time head of content with Alpha, which is a community of over 34,000 women in tech, venture, and startups. And so write a couple different interview pieces per week, as well as host our asynchronous twice a week office hours with really interesting women on the platform. And to date have published almost 200 interview pieces with really amazing, mostly women, just given the alpha connection, but other people as well, um, founders, operators, and investors. 
also outside of Alpha do some more ad hoc content things like cutting content with Harvard and Tuck and Tuck Stars Boston and then formerly with the Emerging VC Association, which is a group of around 700 pre-GP investors um, from all around the country and the world. I graduated from Harvard. I studied economics, applied math and computer science. I grew up in China and lived in New Jersey after I came to the States. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. Wow. There were a lot of things in there. We definitely want to unpack that a little bit. And that's actually one of the parts that we would love to talk about in today's episode. Really quickly, how is the quarantine going for you? How is everything at home? Yeah, it's been pretty nice as a silver lining to have some more family time, probably you know, more than I've ever had since at least high school. And my little brother is home as well. He's a senior in high school. And so it's been constructive helping him with college apps. We're actually in a rural part of New Jersey with fewer than a thousand people in our town. Um, and these days it's pretty nice since it's so easy to go outside, get fresh air and to go for a run or walk. So it's been pretty good. That's cool. Thanks, Jessica. I wonder if I could just ask you to give us a summarizing overview, kind of what was the journey really briefly into VC and then back out of VC and what inspired you to do that? Yeah, totally. So in terms of how I broke into VC, I'd say my first real exposure to VC was through Rough Draft Ventures, which is the student founders fund attached and associated and powered by General Catalyst um, back when I was in school. Um, And having that on my resume um, and being able to start building my network in the VC and startup ecosystem and being able to even really understand what a VC does, even at a high level, was super valuable. And so I definitely recommend for any students listening to explore Rough Draft or Dormant Fund or Contrary. Romulus Capital also has a great campus associate program focused on universities, actually a lot in the UK. So definitely recommend exploring those as sort of a way to break in. And then with that, I was able to become a scout and an intern for a few other funds. That was a really great experience where I did some more later stage, um, not truly later stage, but series A instead of pre-seed or seed work. And so that was really compelling and really informative as well. And then also worked with Global Founders Capital, which is the venture arm of Rocket Internet, the Berlin-based publicly traded conglomerate. And so that was really great to really understand sourcing was really their focus. And finally worked with Female Founders Fund, which is a New York-based, mostly consumer-oriented VC that obviously invests um, in female-founded companies and did more of the platform side, actually. So co-led their fellows program, which basically did consumer behavior insights research to support their largely consumer portfolio. And so that was really valuable to just have that leadership experience as well as better understand the portfolio platform. And then Soma, um, basically they were looking for their first full-time hire back in spring of 2019. And so was contacted by Headhunter. I'm sure the VC experience I had on my LinkedIn and my resume was helpful in him finding me in the first place. And then also happened to have a lot of mutual connections. Um, He knew all my former bosses at these other funds that I had mentioned and worked at um, and got, I think, good references. Um, And so that was really constructive as well. 
I think what I saw in SOMA was um, obviously it's a VC fund and I felt like with VC, it's a really great place to start um, and build your network um, and also learn all day long. You learn about different spaces, different problems, different solutions from founders, from other investors, from portfolio companies, from literally everyone you talk to all day long. And so felt like it was a really good way to transition from school where you are obviously a full-time learner into um, you know, perhaps other roles. So some of it was great because it was four years old, had three funds um, or two funds at the time, and also a lot of great portfolio companies. And the managing partner brought different unique networks through TIBCO and through the Sacramento Kings ownership. And so felt like there was a lot to work with, um, but still sort of a lot of opportunity for impact. Um, and so that's how I decided to go into venture. And to the second part of your question around leaving venture. So definitely was a very challenging decision, but I think a couple of different things. A, I wanted to better understand how teams work cross-functionally. It's something that I really had to be immersed in and experienced for an extended period of time in a hands-on way to be able to really understand. Um, Because obviously everybody at a company wants that company to succeed, but day in, day out, different departments, different teams might have different incentives or different priorities. And so how do you kind of get everybody to be on the same page and work together and resolve of those potential conflicts. Um, so really wanted to understand that. Um, so wanted to join a mid-sized company as a result. Um, and that's sort of what drew me to Zagino. Um, it's sort of a growth stage company. And so a few dozen people spread out across two different offices. And so I felt like it was the right size and so that was one. Um, second is that I wanted to dive deeper. So with SOMA, I think it was a great place to start because we invest across all kinds of industries. And so I was able to, especially kind of as someone with pretty broad interests, still have pretty broad interests, but felt like I was able to really understand different spaces, not just traditional enterprise, but also consumer and hardware and healthcare and fintech and real estate logistics, et cetera, um, as well as all kinds of geographies since we invest all over the world. Um, but then after kind of having that exposure, really wanted to hone in on a particular sector in a way that I would be able to develop more depth of understanding as a person and as an employee and team member. And so I was always really passionate about healthcare and having gone to school in the Boston and Cambridge ecosystem, which is obviously, as uh, many of you probably know, very life sciences, very biotech, very research heavy, especially just given the sheer number of research universities there. Um, I saw a lot of the research of an innovation happening in the labs um, that was just super impactful work. Um, but I felt like there was sort of a gap between the commercial world um, and the research driven world. Um, the researchers were obviously very strong and very focused on their research. But consequently, they didn't have as many industry connections or really understand how to raise venture funding or how to think about go to market or how to think about partnerships or pipelines. Um, And so felt like as a VC together with my team or fund would really be able to support research driven companies, especially in the early stage and making that connection with the commercial world and actually realizing the impact um, and being able to help millions, if not billions of people. Um, And so really loved kind of that general theme of empowering researchers to focus more on their comparative advantage, which obviously is their research, um, and felt like Zagina was doing something similar of empowering researchers to focus more on their experiments and less on sort of the tedious, um, albeit necessary, process of ordering lab supplies and getting organized around equipment and materials and things like that. And so felt like it was really in theme with what I was looking for. finally just wanted to be a little bit closer to the action and really understand the growth skills. 
I felt like it'd be really valuable if I were to ever go back to VC or angel invest um, as I'm starting to do now or support startups and different incubators and accelerators um, as I'm also starting to do now with a few different groups like plug and play and mass challenge um, and envision mm-hmm. um, etc and so felt like growth because as a VC at least with Soma and I think a lot of other funds would feel the same way most of what you're supporting companies in is all around this central theme of growth and felt like if I really learned that skill I would be able to be a better VC at least in the way of supporting companies and so that's kind of what drew mm-hmm. me to that role. Okay, interesting. So you started to touch on some things that I was going to ask you about, sort of like what's next for you. But just briefly to summarise, is it fair to say then that you were introduced to venture capital quite early on in in your life? You said back when you were at school, you were kind of introduced to it. And then it seemed to you to be a good way to start a career, a good a good way to learn a lot and get access to lots of different industries. And now the time has come for you to sort of to specialize and to start to look into, you know, what might be your particular area of expertise. Exactly. Yes. Cool. Very interesting. Great. And I was kind of interested when you were talking that way about whether you are the kind of person who has like a five year, a 10 year plan. Do you have a vision for getting back into VC or starting your own fund or something or starting a company? Do you have that vision or at the moment are you still kind of exploring? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I used to have very structured five-year, sometimes even 10-year plans, especially when I was in high school and planning out kind of every single thing that I was going to do in college. And then I realized kind of none of it um, came to fruition, but not in like a bad way. Like, you know, I just like slacked off and and disappeared. Um, But more in that, (laughs) I was able to um, kind of approach it more like a product market fit exercise, if you will, and sort of seeing myself as a product um, and seeing the job in question or industry or role as the market. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that's much more helpful because I think sometimes, I remember when I was going through this job transition and I was getting different people's advice and I was giving the pros and cons of different opportunities, I was debating between um, and people were like, cool, I you know see what you mean, but what is your long-term career goal? Because obviously my advice would really depend on that. And I was like, oh, that's a great question. I actually don't know since I'm obviously pretty young and maybe my long-term career goal I'll say now is like I don't know to be a COO of a tech company um, and let's say I optimize every decision I make around that and then I suddenly make it into um, that role and realize I hate it or I'm really bad at it or it makes me miserable then that would have sucked to have spent you know decades or at least many years of my life optimizing for something I didn't actually want and so I think what's actually much more helpful is basically to approach each job um, with sort of two things I'd say one thing that you know and you want to learn about yourself in terms of your own interests and your own strengths and your own tendencies um, since I think we can all grow but we kind of fluctuate around the same core-ish personality um, at least when it comes to work um, and then second is a set of skills that you want to learn that are super tangible so even if you end up hating the job or like you know it's not what you expected or like the company goes under or you know whatever it's not a good fit um, or you're going to get tired of it etc all these things that are normal and can happen I think you're able to still walk away from that job um, with a deep understanding of yourself and something gained in the way of skills. And then looking back as you're looking for other roles, you're able to tell this super coherent story of how you went from one job to the other. Um, And so I think that's really valuable and become a pretty well-rounded person. So going off of this then, Jessica, what would you say is that one skill that you were really happy to have gained or learned while you were at SOMA and in BC? 
Yeah, so I think this is in large part thanks to my boss there, Anil, who's just such a super networker. He's really extroverted and he thinks deeply and is amazing at relationship building and cultivation. And so I think this was um, really the main thing that I learned from him. And I really love that since I think it really helped me expand the breadth um, and coverage and reach of my network. And I think a lot of people are really shaped by their GPs. He happened to be just like a very extroverted, very network driven investor, which is, you know, definitely a, a great path to becoming great VC as well. And so I was able to learn a lot about network building. Um, and I think that was really valuable for me as well, because coming into VC, I felt really insecure. I was like, you know, many investors, including Anil, come to VC with decades of experience and a network built up from, you know, dozens of jobs, boards, business school, like whatever. Um, and I obviously didn't have that coming right out of college. Um, and so I think what I was able to do is really approach um, network building with the growth mindset of like, okay, I'm coming in with a very limited network, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to, you know, stay in this stagnant state, um, but rather I can really leverage my unique position in VC um, to really build my network over time um, and be able to continuously iterate on that. And so I think I learned so much um, from Anil. And I think something else that he was really great at was connecting people, um, but he would really understand people and their challenges and their needs and their personalities and be able to make the most thoughtful and the most non-intuitive connections, even, you know, weeks or months after he last talked to both people, obviously he got the double opt-in and all that good stuff, but it really showed that he was continuously thinking about people, um, even in between more synchronous meetings. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it seems that the network growth was really kind of the main skill that you learned and cultivated during your time at SOMA, right? Exactly. Yeah. And how were you able to apply that uh, in Alpha? Because we do see, and as you've mentioned, uh, you do several interviews per week. Does that network growth kind of help you in that role? Also, does it help you in the startup? Yeah, definitely. So I think with Alpha, um, first in terms of how it's helped me in VC, um, so I think a couple different ways. I think one, especially as a younger person in VC, people always say, oh, does operating help you be a better VC? And I think the jury is still out on that. And it's definitely very case by case. It helps some people. It doesn't help others, um, just like with anything else. So it's certainly a great area and up to debate. Um, but I think what it actually does do is create this sort of halo effect um, where if a founder knows that so-and-so person, you know, took Facebook from seed to IPO, even if they're not Mark Zuckerberg himself, um, as they obviously wouldn't be, um, they're like, oh, wow, this person, you know, everything they say is really thoughtful and really smart, regardless of, you know, if they're actually saying super thoughtful and smart things. Um, and so I think that kind of halo effect um, is really valuable, actually, in terms of building trust with founders. So I think I kind of locked that to start because people were like, oh, you know, obviously she went to a good school, but beyond that, she's had no actual startup building experience. So what does she know about building startups? Why is she in a position to evaluate me or give me advice or support me? Um, and that's super fair for them to think. Um, and so I think what Alpha did obviously didn't totally ameliorate or eliminate um, this sort of psychological challenge, but I think it did um, in part help to build my credibility in the eyes of founders. Um, Cause before they talked to me the first call or if it was a portfolio company for a catch-up call they will have seen some of the writing that I've done with Alpha with really interesting people and 
obviously Elvis is a startup, even if I'm not full-time there. And so they're like, oh, this girl kind of understands, um, you know, startup building, or at least she kind of has a network and she's done cool stuff and she can at least help me on the content front or content marketing front. And so I think that was um, one thing that was super valuable. I think the second thing is that it was really valuable um, in similarly establishing that trust with other investors. I think sourcing is probably the number one most valuable thing, at least during my time at SOMA, because most VCs don't actually see um, most of the best deals. It's very different from public markets where obviously all information is open and out there for everybody, whether you're BlackRock or, you know, Joe Schmo and Nevada. And so I think um, with VC, sourcing was so valuable. And perhaps my number one source, or at least best source of deal flow, um, was I think first actually from founders themselves, but then second, a close second um, from other investors, especially because we don't lead rounds. And so investors were very open and sharing with me, and they didn't have you know concerns that you would take allocation or anything crazy like that. And so I think when they saw, especially obviously female investors, when they saw my work with Alpha, they were pretty impressed or pretty interested and more open to speak with me. And so I'd say that's the sort of second way in which it's helped. And the final way in which it's helped um, with VC um, is basically in that process of understanding people and asking questions. I think in the seed stage, um, you know, the product and the market can change over time. We invested in Embark Trucks, for example, that's doing really well. They raised a Series C from Tiger Global, like I think end of last year or something. And, um, you know, they're doing super well, autonomous trucking company. But when they just started, it was actually an autonomous golf cart company. And I think if you had overanalyzed the, you know, golf cart market, you might have thought it was just restricted to like rich old people and Florida or something, which is obviously very small. Um, but my boss was before my time, my boss really focused on Alex, one of the co-founders who's now CEO of the company and just felt like he was super smart, just really amazing problem solver and leader. Um, and so he really made a bet on the team and it's obviously turned out really well. And so I think in the seed stage, it's really about the people. And I think with Alpha, obviously I'm not investing in anyone, but I think it is also very much about the people. That's what the interviews are centered around. Um, and so I think think asking probing questions that really get to the heart of, um, you know, who someone is, is something that I learned and was able to develop a lot in Alpha. And then now, um, you know, obviously we're back in the day with VC, apply to meetings with founders to better understand them there. Um, and then with the new startup, it's still kind of early days um, in terms of kind of applying lessons. But I think part of it is even just writing really great content. So a part of my job is, creating our blog or developing our blog. Um, and I think basically focusing on how to get to that atomic unit of advice so that all the content that I put out there, um, obviously through Alpha and then now with Sagino, um, is really focused on that tactical insight that the target audience can read, digest, and literally apply with limited other resources within you know a day or a couple hours even. And so I think that kind of framework of mind of like creating content that's not just philosophically interesting or high level um, or big ideas, but really kind of drills down into those tactical components has been really helpful in sort of thinking about different um, content topics and ways to structure content um, now at my work uh, with Sagino. Mm -hmm. Thank you. From there, it would also be interesting uh, to hear about a little bit how you are balancing all of the different roles that you have currently now with Zagino, with Alpha, any of the other kind of activities that you're working on. What yeah. advice do you have for others in selecting these activities and managing their time? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So I'd say in terms of selecting, it's really helpful to find different work that's very symbiotic. Um, and I think, you know, obviously, if you have super disparate interests, then that's sort of a different thing. And you might, um, you know, have um, sort of more of kind of a balanced challenge. But I think for most people, their interests can be varied, but they sort of center around a particular theme. Um, and so for me, um, like with Alpha and back in the day, VC, um, and even now as a Gino, there's definitely a lot of tactical overlap in terms of what I learned from one rule that can be applied to the other. And so I think kind of choosing very related or very symbiotic roles um, is really helpful um, when you're doing, you know, multiple different things. Um, and so I'd say that's on the choosing roles front. Um, in terms of kind of managing time, so I think one thing that I really learned in college is the first couple of years of college, um, early freshman year, I struggled a lot with time management. So I think the problem I had was that I was scheduling everything that I had to do synchronously if I had to meet with someone or go to class or um, you know be somewhere at a particular time but I wasn't really scheduling or thoughtfully scheduling time to do homework or time to study or time to actually execute on things post meeting and so um, you know I would generally be like oh Saturday I'll study for this psych exam but I wouldn't really carve out enough time for myself or I wouldn't be specific enough. And so I think one thing that's super helpful to do is actually time yourself doing different things, obviously not something that you'll never do again, so it's useless, but um, general things that, um, you know, you'll do often um, or at least multiple times in the not too distant future. Um, and so you're able to really carve out a thoughtful calendar for yourself and not just randomly put an hour just because that's like the default, um, you know, calendar time for GCAL, um, but you're really able to schedule based on your own strengths and weaknesses and your own timing and your own um, sort of cadence. Um, and then also really kind of schedule everything at the atomic unit. Um, and so for example, like um, if I were to just give myself an hour, let's say to build a content calendar, because that seems feasible. Um, that's actually too broad of a goal because um, a content calendar involves the people you'll reach out to, like how many will there, will there be? Um, where are you going to find them? Like, how are you going to find their contact information? Do you need warm intros? What people can you go through for that? What email will you use? Um, how will all of these pieces fit together and be in line with macro holidays or other kind of goals of the organization? do you need to follow up? Um, what interview questions will you use once you're on the phone with them? How long do you need? And so all these kind of things um, are actually those things at the atomic unit. Um, and so, um, you know, spelling out things like writing an email template, finding warm intros for 10 people, finding the email addresses of 10 people, cold emailing them after you have all that former stuff in order. And so I think really kind of thinking about the exact actions that you need to accomplish each goal and not just the goal themselves. Um, is really helpful so then you're able to actually get everything done and not just have a bunch of goals that you can't actually execute on in your calendar and so I basically set myself actions for every um, you know period of time during the day from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep and so that's been really really helpful as well um, and then I think finally um, I'd say is basically really kind of understand weekends versus weekdays. I think sometimes people sort of see them as the same. Obviously, you do have more time on the weekends. And beyond that, you sort of just schedule, you know, based on time. But I think on the weekdays, as we've all experienced, we get so many emails, texts, Slack messages, like, et cetera, um, throughout the day that we don't know when those things are going to come, but we do know they're coming um, in some form or the other. And so it's really hard to work in a distraction-free environment.
And so I think what I do is basically operationalize everything on the weekdays. So it's all stuff that I can do. I'm like, you know, reaching out to people after I've already built out the email addresses or email templates um, or, you know, actually executing on those interviews during the synchronous calls that I have with people I'm interviewing. And then on the weekends, you know, early mornings and late evenings, those kind of more quiet periods, basically doing kind of deeper work. Um, And so I'd say like writing articles or writing email templates or brainstorming who you're going to reach out to. And so I'd say those are kind of a couple of tactics that are helpful from a time management perspective. Well, that's cool. That's really helpful. I think like our listeners will probably be able to take quite a lot from that. It sounds like, you know, you've certainly got the experience to back up that some of those tips must work. So that's awesome. Jessica, I was going to ask you quickly about all of the things that you've been doing and the journey that kind of led you there. But just in terms of like real specifics, how long were you in VC before you made the switch over to operator? Yeah, so I was in VC for um, around 13 months, um, full-time with SOMA, and then had formerly done um, different things in a scout capacity. Okay, and how long were you doing the scout stuff, would you say, before SOMA? Yeah, so around two years. Okay, so probably around about three years in total, some degree of engagement with the VC community. That's super helpful, because I think like a lot of our listeners tend to have questions about career trajectories. And obviously there are lots of different stories and optionality there, but I think yours is is really helpful as well. And I think you alluded before to a bit of angel investing and supporting startups through incubators as well. Is that kind of on the agenda for you in the coming years? Yeah, totally. I think angel investing has been a great way for me to sort of stay plugged into the VC ecosystem. And I think also even like think about VC or think about investing or startups in a different way. I think with angel investing, it doesn't have to be that billion dollar return the fund outcome. So I think it's been really helpful to think about non-VC or non-traditionally VC scale businesses that can still create a lot of jobs, a lot of impact um, with really great founders and a really great mission. And so I think that's been one aspect of angel investing that's been really freeing. I think the second thing is basically as a VC, especially as an associate or analyst, you're not able to have, you know, 100% say, obviously, over the types of companies you work with or how you work with them or how many you're going to be working with. And so um, I think at SOMA, we had a lot of portfolio companies, which was super great to be able to support so many with capital, at least, but also super hard to actually support them, you know, one-on-one tangibly with time and with intros and, you know, managing all that with multiple hundreds of companies is definitely not not um, you know easy or even feasible and so I think with angel investing you're able to be a lot more focused and a lot more intentional in terms of which companies you engage with and make sure there is that kind of alignment between your own mission and your own interest um, as well and so I'd say that's kind of second thing I like about that and final thing I'd say is I joined this angel group called the council um, which is this group of female angels um, from all around the country. And it's really great just to kind of learn from other VCs in like a very tangible way, not just like a 30 minute call where we give our intros or something, but actually kind of seeing them in action, seeing them sourcing them, ask questions. Um, I think with mm-hmm. Soma, um, it was great that it was small. So I was able to have a lot of creative agency 
and autonomy, but also the downside is that you don't get to see as many people in action, obviously. Um, but mm-hmm, then with mm-hmm. this angel group, you're able to see everybody who's a part of the group um, really in action as a VC. And so it's been helpful to kind of keep exercising that VC muscle. Um, and then I'd say like with, um, you know, even just working with accelerators, I think back when I was a VC, like when I was mentoring startups there, um, you know, they were a little bit less open with me about their challenges or their questions, just obviously mm-hmm. because they felt like you know, I was kind of a VC and might be judging them or we might cross paths and they want to pitch us and they want to make a good impression, which is all very understandable. But I think now they can actually be much more open with me and much more honest and I'm able to actually help them versus just help some kind of fluffed up version of themselves or airbrushed version. And so I think um, that's really freeing as well to be able to be a different type of supporter um, for these companies. Um, and so I'd say those have been things that I definitely want to keep doing. Um, Right. Wow. I mean, with all of the topics that we've covered throughout our talk just now, I mean, it's really interesting to hear. And and this is for our listeners as well, that if they're college students and if they're not really sure where they want to go right after college, it's kind of interesting to hear that you don't have to choose just one role and stick to that. You can move around. Um, You can do multiple things at the same time if you have the capacity. And I think you've created this kind of great framework for yourself to measure if you're enjoying yourself, if you're learning, if it's time to move on and to kind of keep pushing yourself. So I think I think that was really great. Thank you, Jessica. So from there, uh, we're going to start wrapping up and we wrap up with question time. Perfect. Quick reminder that this is the lightning speed round where we're going to ask you three questions and just kind of want to hear the first thing that comes to mind. Perfect. That sounds great. Okay. So what's more important, team or product? Team. Who's your favorite role model? I'd say it's Cindy B, who's an angel investor in a lot of great companies like Cruise. And then she recently started an angel rolling fund called Capital X. And so she's been a really great mentor to me. And just to kind of give you a glimpse of her personality, somebody on Twitter um, was like, oh, state your age and something that you can't do. Um, and so somebody was like, oh, I'm 20 or 30 and I can't swim. And she was like, I'm 40 and I can't back down. And so she's super <laughs> strong, like a really great role model and like super clever. And so she's been really awesome and and a great mentor and in person all around. Oh, that's really great. That's a great choice. And third question, morning or evening person? Definitely morning. Definitely morning. Okay. (laughs) That's great. So from there, we'll definitely wrap up the episode. We always like to ask about if you're hiring. So would you have any insight or tips for us if Soma Capital is hiring or Sagino is hiring? Yeah, definitely. So both are hiring. So Soma is hiring um, an associate, an investor, um, and this person will be focused more on technical diligence um, from my understanding. And so it's somebody who's like an ex-software engineer or like computer science in school or just somebody from that type of background. Um, and so definitely recommend um, applying through the website and the team will reach out um, from there. They're very on top of reading through apps and love thoughtful answers um, to the questions and also kind of a background that fits. Um, and then once you do speak with the team, I think it's really kind of important that you're able to convey how you're able to be really dynamic and very entrepreneurial since the environment is very much like that, which I loved a lot. 
And then Zagino is hiring across many different functions. Some I'm not as familiar with. So I'll just speak to my team, um, which is growth marketing. It's actually a pretty small team right now. It's just me and my boss, who's really wonderful. And she's a super experienced marketing professional, like been in the industry for like 20 years at different companies and oversaw so many successful growth stories and product launches um, in all kinds of industries from HR to music. And then obviously now biotech. And so we're hiring for somebody on our team um, who, so I'm focused more, obviously we're all growth marketing, but I'm focused more on the demand side of the marketplace. So like researchers, lab managers, finance people who are buying um, from the platform. Um, And then the other person that will hire is focused more on the supply side. So actually getting the lab supplies, equipment and materials onto the platform. Um, And so that person will be more focused on that. And so somebody with more of a traditional marketing background, since the supply side is a little bit more plug and play than perhaps the demand side. And so people with more of a marketing background, um, you know, definitely apply and um, encourage you to do so or reach out to me um, directly as well. Um, I think kind of just conveying your experience and your ideas and your energy is really valuable since we're constantly also very dynamic and very entrepreneurial since the company is um, a few years old, but the team or the growth marketing function is just a couple months old. And so um, it's definitely very new and very exciting. And so kind of showing that you're able to be open to laying out different processes and contributing ideas is really valuable, I'd say, um, in that regard as well. Jessica, do you have any last comments before we close out? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. And I definitely recommend um, listeners to really just focus on, I think for a long time growing up, I was really focused on what I should be doing versus what I really wanted to do. And I think in a few years since graduating, um, I've really been able to sort of hone in on and listen more to what I actually am interested in and sort of tune out the noise. Um, Because I think ultimately, I mean, we're all, we all want to, you know, make money and have good salaries, but I think ultimately it's really important to optimize for how happiness and fulfillment and meaning. And so I think really kind of tuning out the noise of, um, you know, people who might say differently and really listening to yourself and your inner voice is really valuable and something that I'm really glad I've been able, you know, still obviously work in progress, but I'm glad I'm able to um, have started to think more about um, in the recent years. Yeah, that's awesome, Jessica. And if uh, if any of our listeners were looking for somewhere to get hold of you, where's where's the best place to find you? Yeah, so I'm always on Twitter. Um, so my profile or my username is Jessica, and my middle name, which is Feya, F-E-I-Y-A, um, and my last name, which is spelled L-I. Um, and so, or you can just probably just search me, Jessica Lee um, Zagino or Soma, and it'll probably pop up. But I'm um, pretty accessible via um, direct message on Twitter. So definitely reach out anytime. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. This has been super fun. Wonderful. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Associated. As always, you can get updates on our latest guests and episodes over on Twitter as well. We are at Associated underscore pod. And if you have any thoughts uh, or want to contact us, you can email. Uh, we're on associatedpodcast at gmail.com. So until next week, please do subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts and we'll see you soon. Bye.